welcome to Mad About Money. I'm Maddie Alexander-Grout and this is the podcast that is Mad About Money, sponsored by my VIP Rewards, the multi-award winning money saving app that helps you to save on your everyday spending. I am here with the legend that is Brad Burton. Mr. Burton, thank you very much for joining me. I bet, Please. You, say that to, I bet you say that to all the legends that come on your show. We don't have that many. No, no. Not, not in the same capacity as you, anyway. No, thank you. No, so, um, so Brad, tell us a little bit, for anybody who doesn't know who you are, and I'm sure that's not many, tell us who you are. Well, it depends, you know. It's funny, you only know what you know. So which Brad are we talking about? Are we talking about Brad Burton, the four-time best-selling business author, the UK's number one motivational business speaker, the founder of Four Network in the UK's once- Prior to COVID, largest business networking organisation, or are we talking Brad Burton, the guy who's done uh, four years on benefits, been addicted to drugs twice, got shot at when he was 21, delivered pizzas at 31, and done um, four years on benefits? Which one are we talking? Or is it one of the same? Both. I think they're both within the same. So, um, so what I ask every single person who comes on this podcast, the first question, what is your money story? So where did you begin and how did you get to where you are now? Great question. So... My money story has always been a kind of um, working class council estate, kind of borrow a cup of sugar, I get paid on Tuesday, uh, you know, you uh, get your, your benefits on, on, the, on the Wednesday, you live like a king, relatively speaking, for 24, 48 hours, and then you now skimp for the next 10 days. And that was really my early on money story. However, when I was uh, 16, I ended up getting a job as a, a YTS and um, youth training scheme, show me age now. Uh, yeah, I was like, what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and uh, I remember getting paid £35 uh, in, a, in a brown envelope. And the guy who uh, gave me the envelope, I took the, 30, uh, I took the, the brown envelope, didn't open it. He said, open it. And he opened it. And it was £34 in there. And I said, where's the pound? He said, always check your money. That's what he gave me. And that was probably the best bit of advice he could be. So, so that was that. And I remember then taking my mum and my dad, uh, my stepfather, out for a, a, a celebratory drink for my first paycheck. And, he, and my dad wanted a pint and my mum wanted whatever it was. And I wanted what I, and it was like £4.60. And I'm thinking, ah, so I'm a 35 quid. I've got to pay 16 quid in terms of travel. Then I've got to pay my rent. And I, and I was like, whoa, the reality of about money. And um, yeah, so I, I've, I've had a, an interesting one in that, you know, in my earlier stages of life, I'm 49 now, even as, as recent as 30, 31, uh, I was on benefits. And, um, you know, never had a pot to piss in. Um, I lived on Tesco's Beans and Waffles, I think that, do you know what I mean, roughly, that's, that's, yeah. that's, I'm more recent there, um, you know, I ended up with a multi-million pound business and uh, life was a whole lot better from a financial perspective, but what's lovely about living on Tesco's Beans and Waffles is if you need to go back to Tesco's Beans and Waffles, guess what you can do, and that's been, a, I think, the story, okay, it's hardly Tesco's been the waffles, but I think that's been the story of the last couple of years. You know, my business was uh, across the uh, my board was a two million pound business on, on, on March the 22nd. Uh, Boris says, hey, guess what? We want you to stay at home. March the 23rd, it was zero. We were running 5,000 business networking meetings across the UK. You know, so it's been a, a challenging couple of years. It really has. Yeah. However, the great thing, Maddie, is, is, as I said, you know, I've come from nothing. And actually, uh, we're not starting again from scratch. We're starting from experience. So true. And that is that's that's a really inspiring thing for anybody listening to, to take on board. You know what, Maddie, can... Maddie, Maddie, I'll say this again, you know, and I mean this in terms of my own life and my own family, nobody's died. You, do you see what I'm saying? And I think it's all too easy to start looking at what we've not got. You know, I've got a friend of mine and he's just bought a, uh, not just, it was a couple of years ago, but he bought a £3 million uh, yacht 
and we went down to Southampton and it was amazing and it was like celebrating. That was my invite. <laughs> <laughs> behind the queue. And, and, and he, you know, ecstatic. And then he got, takes his yacht to Marbella, turns up at the, uh, the, the port or whatever it's called there. And guess what? He was the smallest yacht in the thing. And all of a sudden he now feels inferior. And now he feels inadequate. And now he doesn't feel that's crazy. So for my, my, my kind of journey with money has is, is been a really interesting one in that actually I'm kind of comfortable. And actually I don't need to keep chasing, chasing, chasing. I've had money, more money than they could sensibly spend as, as, a, as, a, as an act, genuinely sensibly, sensibly spend. And I, I, my, I think my point of view where money's concerned is, is, is different in, in the, you know, um, I'm playing a game I can win, which is, you know, money as valuable and as much as I like money is not my boss. <laughs> it really isn't. And I think that, you know, you look at um, the last couple of years, say go from a turnover of two million pounds to literally nothing overnight mm. i could either be held onto the past here and, and, and be pissed off and angry and so forth or i can adapt and go guess what you know mountaineers don't stay at the top of, of mountains i will get back to some sort of semblance but it's about my ticket now it's about what i want to do not what the world tells me or society tells me i need to be or do yeah so when you were at your lowest um which, so, one? <laughs> which lowest well so, so i so i, I want to know sort of how where you were when you were at your lowest. So from a financial perspective, so you were talking about the second grad, not the successful, mm. uh, yeah. you know, multi-million pound business owner one. I mm. want to know about the personal grad. How did you get from, uh, you know, what was the story? How, how did Break you end off. up with nothing? So, so I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples of how skint I was. Um, couldn't afford to put the fire on, on electric key. So yeah. I had one, my, my fire had three, whatever they called, filaments. Only one of them would work. So I could put that on full in my bedsit that I was in and you couldn't get out of my bed. It was that cold. And I remember staying 36 hours in bed. I could see my breath. That's how cold it was. Mm. And, and there's frost on the inside of the window. Um, I remember eating uh, spaghetti, um, cheap spaghetti uh, that you get from Tesco's, the, the dried stuff with margarine, stock margarine and salt. So, you know, let me tell you, let me be really honest here. Cause you know, someone who's been on benefits here for four years, I mismanaged my money. That's the reality of it. It's fuck all yeah. to do with not having enough. Da, 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 da. I mismanaged my money. Mm. Right? Whether it's spending it on going out, drink, drugs, uh, hooch, whatever. Right? I mismanaged my money. That's the reality of it. So, you know, having done four years on benefits, uh, 18 months, six months, and two years, okay, it might have changed now since my day, but I kind of, you know, I had enough money to live because actually what benefits should be, and from someone who's been on benefits, is they should be a safety net not a nice comfortable hammock yeah somewhere along the way if you make it too comfortable for someone like i was comfortable at, at some point with what's the point of me working i'll only get an extra tenner a week i might as well do that i might as well stay and that that keeps you where you are so my journey was basically i told my employer to shove his job up his ass on the 16th of december uh 2004 <laughs> walked out of a job twenty five thousand pound in personal debt no income uh wife was delighted with that uh you know uh, move uh, newborn boy baby ben uh, who's no longer a newborn boy. He's next got a Ben as well. Have you really? Well done, good yeah, name. And, um, and I started my own business off. I said, I'm going to start my own business off. No money, no idea what I was going to do. And um, culminated me delivering pizzas to keep my business afloat. I had to deliver pizzas. And I remember feeling like a piece of shit, 31 year old or whatever it was. And um, I look back now and that was, I should have been patting myself on the back. Yeah. I should have been patting myself on the back 
Because right now, and this is what I've seen with a load of uh, people across the UK, is people are beating themselves up that they've got to go and work in at farm foods or they've got to go into B&M and do cleaning, whatever it is, because COVID's happened. It's a global pandemic. Never happened in my 49 years. My mum's 77. She's never seen anything like it. Guess what? We've got to do what it takes. And that's yeah. what I'll say to any individual right now who's watching this and tuning into it. Do what it takes. Because if I'd not delivered pizzas, I wouldn't be Brad Burton, this guy. I'm telling you, it kept me going. It allowed me to get my business going without the pressure of my wife whinging. Right, that's the reality of it, right? Because we've all got a whinging partner or a whinging wife that tells you, oh, if it were me, what are you doing to start a business off in this climate? Because my wife, I swear, um, she said to me, don't start a business off. You're going to ruin this family on your insistence on starting a business off. Why don't you go and get a job? And I had to turn down the volume on her. And, um, and 10 years to the day. <laughs> well, you know what? There's no point in doing that because you get a flame point. But what I did is turn down the volume on her, stop listening to her. Because actually, you know, she didn't have the resolve that I did and, and so forth. But listen, we're all, we're still together. Um, just, no. we're still together. <laughs> uh, we're still together. And, uh, you know, all good. And, and it just shows you that if I had not made that decision on behalf of my family. So how did I get out of 25 grand in debt? What I did is I spoke to every single one of the debtors and said to them, you can go on bollocks. Right, because what was happening is if you can pay the minimum payments, they won't listen to you. So you're paying your minimum payments, they won't listen to you. It's your problem, Mr. Burton. If you don't pay, we're gonna oh, okay, yeah. right? Mm. And I thought, right, it was like drowning with a pair of gold bars. I thought, you know what? Fuck my credit rating. I'm not interested, <laughs> right? I don't want any more credit. So I um effectively ran them all up, told asked them, I said I can't afford to pay. They said, Oh, well, your your credit rating's at risk. And I thought they just bounced me into corner. I thought, right. You want to play that game? No problem. I can't afford to pay you. Here's an income and expenditure form. I can pay you a pound a month for the next 25 years. And actually, that's what I did. I kicked them all into long grass. And then what happens is send you a full and final settlement bill every year. Said, oh, we'll take you 50 pence in the pound. No, thank you. 40 pence in the pound. No, thank you. You can sleep having your pound. And eventually you got, I don't know, let's say five grand bill they paid 1200 quid for, which I'd been saving for. So rather than me paying them the 200 quid a month or whatever, I mm. somehow got myself a little pot that I could just weigh them in and bump gone. That's how I got rid of my 25 grand in debt. I never paid 25 grand in debt back. No, I didn't, I'd be lying to you. But it requires, this is the thing, you know, this is the thing, if I'd not done that, I would have took myself down. And I say this, drowning with a pair of gold bars, there is no point in drowning with gold bars. What is the point in keeping your credit rating intact if you have, you know, you, you've got no money to do anything with it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pointless. So, so, so this is the thing with it, and you know, having uh, done beautifully from my perspective, I'd say what did motivate me, my dear, is I promised my boy, baby Ben, whilst I'm delivering pizzas, um, I, I promised him we were going to take him to Disney World. So you know, five pound eighty cash in hand. Sorry, all the taxes were paid. Five pound eighty. Um, you know, delivering pizzas and you say to your boy, I'm going to take you to Disney World or Disneyland or whatever it was. And actually, you know, that locked in, it made it real because what we end up doing, and this is a problem, as you can go onto, onto YouTube, sorry, onto Facebook and see all these guys. Hi, I'm 26. You're going to learn the secrets of I earn $100,000 in one minute. And everyone's like, oh my God, give me money out. Let me tell you something. These get rich quick schemes. The only time they work is when you get skint quick. Stop it. Right. I've been working now for 17 and a half years, self-employment, 16 with the same business, 16 years. Statistically, 94% of businesses fail in the first 10 years. Statistically, that's yeah. fact. 94% of businesses fail in the first 10 years, 80% fail in the first three years. So what am I doing right? Resilience. And that's what you've got to have a reason. You've got to have a reason, resilience and a reason as to why you're doing it. And if your only motivation is money, it's not enough. If your motivation is you want to buy a bigger house for your family, now it starts locking in. If your motivation yeah. is you want to buy a Lamborghini, mm, not enough. 
if your motivation is because you want to uh, get yourself a garden for your family, it's that, and that's what I say to people: tuning your 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 money message into something that is meaningful. Because I'll give you an example: if you said, "Oh, I want to build a business for a Lamborghini," and I punch you in the mouth, right? Okay, you know, would you still want to do it? You go, "Well, no." If I said, uh, you know, I'm doing it to build a, a life for my family, and you punch me in the mouth, I'm like, "Go." Go again, again, it's a whole lot easier, but I see too many people get wrapped up is that they go and get a house or they go and get a, a frigging yacht or they go and get a, a super sports car. I had it, I had by the way, right? You know, you go and get all that and your life's good. Let me tell you something. You think you get to a point from a financial perspective that you get money, you get a business, you get staff, you get an office, everything's cool. And like your life's problem free, bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Take it from me that you never gonna get into a time when life is problem free. So. Would I prefer to have more money than less? 100%. 100%. But there comes a, a point, I believe, from, from experience, where that money starts costing you something something greater than money. You know, I'm in a position now where, you know, we all are. One day I'm going to be dying. One day we're going to die. And you reckon we're going to go, oh, I wish I'd have had a Lamborghini. Or do you think you said, I wish I'd have spent more time with my children or I'd have gone to the sports day instead of writing that invoice. And that's something that I've realised. That's something that I've realised the importance. You know, when you run a national network like Four Networking you know, or Network Central, you know, I'm hyper-connected to people. That's where we, we knew each other from, from many, many years ago. Mm. And this is a long tail. So you think about all the people that I know around the UK and, the, and, and where they've gone. And then I hear about people that get cancer or people that die. Or, and it's like, whoa, it's like it's some big surprise. So when it comes to money, I love money. What I'm not prepared to do is I'm not prepared to spend my life uh, on on this game that you can never win. And I see people. I've got a friend of mine who's who, who spends day in day out accruing more money, more properties, and he's got no end game. He doesn't know why he's doing it. And I've had a chat with him. He's got a massive portfolio of properties, loads of money, more money than you could possibly spend in a lifetime, and yet he keeps doing it. And he's not really sure why. And one day he's going to die and those, that everything is accrued will be passed on to his family, his kids, so that they can then spunk it. It just mm. it. crackers. That's, that's what one of one of my mottos is has always been give every pound a purpose. And when you give when you give every pound a purpose, it gives your life meaning, it gives your money meaning, it means Beautiful. you're not scared of money, it means that you're happy to make money, but yep. you know where it's going. Well, you know, I think the other thing about that is is the value of money when you've had lots of it can can kind of fall away go back down to what i said before not mm -hmm. having that electric key and not being able to you know put the, the thing on be on one bar or be able to i've, I've been there right. I, I remember i remember having a shower once in the dark because my electric key had run out wow um and it was wow. cold it was shit and wow. i was just like this is not where wow. i want to be wow. but i was like i can't go and meet my boyfriend and not have a shower so i no, agree that's that sat there you know washing and being all like um, and then I, I got there and he was like, you could have just had a shower at my house. And I was like, oh, this is where I've come to. You know, but, but um, once again, Maddie, you sharing that story, this is what I think people need to understand, right? It, I think what's happened is the myth about money that everyone can have frigging Rolls Royces and chinchilla jackets and go on the you know, Monaco and this and the other. It's a fallacy for the vast majority of people. They won't 10x their life. Right, 99.9% mm. .9 of them will not 10x their life. They will buy the ticket, they'll have the lanyard, they'll be on social media, and then three weeks later, they'll still be skinned. One of the things that I recognize from my journey, from a Reddit's perspective, that what's fortunate about it is my framework built at about the same rate. There was a point when I was buying six bottles of champagne. I'd go out, six bottles of champagne, give it the big one, because I'd never done it before, right? Um, I've not bought a bottle of champagne for years, <laughs> right? 
What, there was a time when I first started making it where, you know, and, and this is the thing I ended up with my sports car. I bought my sports car, don't get me wrong, fabulous, for three months. Then one day I woke up and my sports car no longer had the magic that it once did. It was just a car. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. So mm. what you've got to do, you've got to start looking at your own life right now and start getting joy about what you do in your own life currently. Not when you get a load of money. Don't get me wrong. Have aspirations, have dreams and so forth, but be ambitious, be driven, but be happy. When your ambition and your drive is causing you to be unhappy or you're comparing yourself, if I go on to, if I ask you now straight, genuine question, yeah. uh, do you know anyone with a perfect life? Absolutely not. Do you know no. anyone with a perfect business? No. Right. No, I know people who pretend they've got a perfect business right. and they don't, there's, there's, there's the bullshit. There's that, yeah. that kind of like that so, thing so, that they so, put out on social so, media. So, so that's the point is that if you go on social media, all you'll see is perfect lives and perfect businesses. Right. And this, this is the, the problem is that we're comparing our lives with those per, these per, seemingly perfect. And, you know, everyone living the dream, you know, living the best life for fucking social media. Because mm. I know I'd say and this is the other thing. I know people out there that have got millions or hundreds of thousands of followers. They don't have a pot to piss in. Yet seemingly, you look on their timeline, you look at it and you think, whoa, this is amazing. And I know these individuals and they are skint. And yet on your timeline, you look at it and you think, oh my God, I'm going to go sign up to this person's course. And they're fucking skint. I tell you that now. I know. So followers do not equal money Just in any way, shape or form. And I know that because, you know, we've we've been there at a time where you know I had 15,000 followers at one point on on our Instagram and actually now I've got 9,000 because I've booted people mm. um you know if they're not my people they're, they're well, not my I people think, I think you know don't get me wrong once again this is I think the fallacy and the myth that we've been brought into today I have a friend of mine who's a multi multi-million pound uh, business owner he's got 100 followers right like he's probably one of the sharpest business brains that I know 100 mm. followers doesn't flaunt anything on his timeline, nothing. You have no indication that this guy is was wedged up more than anyone. And this is the game. I think that people, once you realize that game, you know, I, I know people at all levels. I know people at all levels. There's always been something about me in that I think I managed to be every man because I've been every man, if that makes sense. And I've never changed who I am throughout all this process. Never changed who I am throughout this process. But when it comes to money, I love money. What I don't love is I don't love when people uh, sell their souls for money effectively. Mm. And, 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 and when people have money and they get there, and I, this happened to me in 20, I wrote it, this book here, that one, 2013, I wrote it in 2012, is that I had business success. I'd, I'd got everything that seemingly that everyone could ever wish for. Um, multi-million pound business, everything was amazing. Five bedroom house, da, 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 da. and I was broken. I was upset. I was I was burnt out. I wasn't happy in any way or form. I'm going to see if I can try to turn this around here and see if I can show you that picture there. That picture is I can't move it sensibly. Unfortunately, that picture is me and my chairman. That's mm -hmm. me having a nervous breakdown, <laughs> right? And that was in 2012. In that we captured, we actually captured the photograph when I was having a nervous breakdown. Mm -hmm. Literally, when that exact moment, and and actually, you know. I'd made it, I'd made success. I'd made success. I was ill, but I'd made success seemingly from an external perspective. My whole life was going in tatters. My marriage was, was shot to pieces. The kids didn't know me. I was uh, uh, overweight, uh, type two diabetes, high blood pressure, legal problems, social media problems, everything problems, and yet had success. And this is the bit where 
I recognize right now is about Jenga. You know, when I first did it, it was like a Jenga board, uh, this big tower of wobbly success. Now the great thing, the great thing about this lockdown and COVID is I have the opportunity to rebuild differently. So it's going to be slow. And if anyone wants to take the piss out of me, which is, I've had some people on here, this is on social media, it's really funny. Ah, Brad Burton's lost his way. Let me tell you something. I, this, let me ask you a question, Manny. How, how long did you think that this was going to last when it first started? When Boris said lockdown, blah, 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 stay at home. How long did you believe it was going to last? I didn't know. Let's guess, um, let's guess. But I, I, I thought a couple of months. I thought a couple right. of months. And I was, I was there crying my eyes out because the same as you, my business dropped off the face of a cliff because, mm. you know, people couldn't be out there supporting yep. small businesses. We had nothing. Yep. Well, I had no cash in the bank. I couldn't get a loan, nothing. And I just, so, I cried. I sat there and cried because I thought So, so, so this is the thing. You said two months. We thought three yeah. months. We gauged yeah. it at six. We are now 744 days roughly since it all started. Now, mm. here's the thing with this. We thought it was three months. We prepared for three to six months. It's two years. Okay. So our strategy that we had was, was exceptional. We was the first networking organization to go online. 72 hours, we was boom, done. Yeah. Right? You did it fast. I was impressed with how oh, fast we you fast. We do everything fast, you know, yeah. to life. So when, when, I look at, <laughs> when, I, when I look at that, we move fast. If it had been a three to six month, we'd have been sorted. But what ended up happening is, because I had a plan, which was, it's a bit like in a boxer, you've got a six round fight, and now you're into round 24. Well, guess what? Your strategy's gone out the window. So after a year of this, I went, look, we're changing tack now. We are getting from the short term, propping this stuff up. Now we're doing the medium and long term. And we've spent for the last seven, eight months uh, prepping our infrastructure, website, Network Central website. And we've done all that. We have done all that as opposed to putting water in a colander. I thought, fuck this. And it's not a game we're playing. So people have seen this and it's ahead of tortoise. They think that's somewhere along the way. I've gone sleeping. Well, let me tell you something. And you know me, Maddie, long, well enough. Yeah. I, I have been prepping for where we are right now, which is like anyone can go and get a logo and a zoom license and go and do networking events what you can't do is put an infrastructure that allows you to have a national network that's the difference yeah. so that's exactly we exactly um but do you know what it, it's weird and it's that that perception of, of of how you see other people in 2012 that yeah. was when i first started my first business do you remember my recruitment agency yeah and that was when i first met you and i first saw you speaking and i had no idea that that was what you were going through all I saw was, oh my God, this guy is super successful. He's really, he's really quite, I thought you were quite hot at the time Thank as you. well. I was like, <laughs> Still got it, still got it, my dear. But you still know, got it, still got it. But, you know, yeah. but, that, but that was, that was 10 years ago. And, you know, I, th I, I always saw you as that person who was really successful. And right. that's, that's why you shouldn't be comparing yourself to other people. Um, somebody, and somebody said to me the other day, um, I, I was, was having a coaching session and I was like, oh, I'm having a really shit week or something. And they were like, Maddie, you don't realise how many people are inspired by you. You don't realise how many people see you as having a massively successful business. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, everybody has their struggles, but nobody talks about Maddie. it. And that's why we should talk about it more. You know, I think there's two things here. One, I talk about it. I'm stupid enough, right? That's what I do. Yeah. I recognise that actually because there's, and I think the other thing is, is imposter syndrome. Every single person goes through it. And I'll tell you, whether it was number one best-selling pop stars that I know, uh, professional boxers that I know, world champions, like everyone goes through self-doubt. Everyone mm -hmm. goes through imposter syndrome. There's not a single successful person that I've ever met that when you get to know them, 
she goes, oh yeah, nobody ever knows. So when I come out and I'm speaking in front of 3,000 people, you know, right? The reality is, is that they don't see that behind the stage. You're going, fuck. They don't mm. see that. And this is the bit that people, all right, I don't do that anymore. But the reality is there comes a point where you've got to push yourself out of your comfort zone, where you've got to front this off. And actually, you know, every step of the way, um, I've just managed to push myself to uh, ab just above my ability to get to the point, you know, from a national speaking perspective, genuinely, I don't believe there's anyone getting booked as hard as me on a, on a professional motivational speaker basis um, in the UK. And that's as a result of me pushing myself. But mm. once again, it comes to something as a, as a professional speaker, you know, how do you go from getting 500 quid a gig to 5,000 pound a gig? And this is a goes back onto the money question is by not being prepared to do 500 quid gigs. Because actually, this is the thing, the only way that you're ever going to get booked at a higher level. But what you could do is you could be, I could be a busy fuel, 500 quid, 500 quid, 500 quid, be burning myself out. But I realized, go back to the original point I made, which is what this is about, is about time. I would rather do one gig at 5,000 pounds than doing 10 gigs at 500. Yeah, but it's good for exposure. Honestly, I don't need exposure anymore. You see, so 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 this is, and it's not me being rude, it's not me being arrogant. What it's about me, about me valuing my time now. And people aren't mm. just buying you speaking for 45 minutes. What they're buying is they're buying bringing 10 years of experience. They're buying a hundred times that you've died on stage that you spoke two and a half thousand times. That's what people are buying. Confidence. Yeah. And, and it, do you know what? It's the same with, with being in debt. So you've been in 25,000 pounds worth of debt. Yeah. I've been in 40,000 pounds worth well, of debt. Neither of us, neither of us would have cleared that without believing in ourselves. Never. Having determination, having the resilience to just go, do you know what? fuck this we're better than this um, and that's that would be my advice to anybody who's listening now who has debt problems put yourself first do a budget plan and just think of how you're going to get yourself out of it it's not impossible both that's me right. and brad we've just we've, ju we've just told you it's not impossible um, well, I, think, and I think the fear i think the fear of, of the debt what's the worst case scenario that somebody can do send you a frigging letter that looks like it's been sent from the queen with a big red mask <laughs> yeah. right you know, and you think, oh my God, what's this? Has it been sent by the Queen? Am I going to get arrested? No, you're not. You're going to get another snotty letter. But where it goes wrong is when you don't speak to them. You yeah. know, that's where it goes wrong. But what you've got to do is do what I do. I spoke to them at first. They give me the, 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 the fuck you. But right, no problem. So I didn't respond to their letters for two months. And then guess what? They suddenly wanted to talk. Completely different ball game. Completely different ball game. So, you know, if you're speaking to them and paying your minimum payments, it's your problem. If you stop paying them, guess what? It's their problem. And that's what you've got to do. You got yourself in your debt from a financial perspective for whatever reason. I think what happened to me is I was living a middle-class life on a, on a wage whenever I had a wage. And then that I got made redundant or whatever. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh shit. You know, you mm -hmm. think you're going to get a job back and you're already disorientated. So look, like I say, I'm living proof. You're living proof that you can get beyond this. But what you end up doing, you end up in your mind's eye believing it's unsurmountable. Nothing's unsurmountable. Everything that you've ever dealt with in your life, that every big problem that you've ever dealt with. And I say this to people, I said, put your financial problem in perspective. And they go, go on, what do you mean? You're 40 grand in debt. It could be worse. How could it be worse, Brad? 41,000 pound in debt. 42, yeah. 43, 44. <laughs> the list goes on. What's the worst case scenario? You go back and look, ooh. You know, so just work it out, work out what you've got to do, but do something. Doing nothing is not a strategy that's going to work. No, totally, totally. Well, you have been amazing. You're always amazing. Um, Brad, how can people find you? 
Yeah, bradburton.biz. Uh, check me out on all socials. I'm running my Be A Better Speaker 10-week uh, uh, course. I'm also running my Life Maker 10-week course, which is getting a better life. Just find me, Brad Burton, and my books are available on Amazon, blah, 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 and Network Central. Find Brad Burton, you find a lot of them. Brilliant. Thank you so much. It's been you, absolutely Maddie. amazing. Just yeah. as a parting, uh, a little parting gift, um, I just want to ask you, um, do you have any tips for the audience on how to deal with the current situation that is rising cost of living? Yeah, uh, through what we do, which is switch the lights off. And this is the other thing as well, is that, you know, we have got to start being realistic here. I think for, for too long, we've played fast and loose with, with the world. Forget about energy, but with the world, we've had it good. And yet we didn't think we had it good. And this is what we need to understand is that what when the life that we all lead right now, put it in perspective, you know, oh, the cost of energy. Let me tell you something right now, someone in the Ukraine would quite happily like your cost of energy being the way it is and no bombs going off. Put your life in perspective. And this is what we've done. You know, my wife, oh, we've got this coming out next week. Shh. I said to my wife, true story, six months ago, she's worried about money. And I said, okay, tell me one bill in the last 17 and a half years of being in business that I haven't paid. Tell me one, I'll wait. I said, right, so why do you think that somehow this bill is not going to get paid? We'll find a way, as you always do, and that's what you need to understand, that you will find a way. Yes, it might be tough, but this is maybe an opportunity to get an addiction, a positive addiction, walking, drinking water, stop the fag, stop the bottle of whiskey, da -da 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 -da. change everything. You change your life, and that's what I've had to do. So we genuinely switch the lights off now. Oh, I do. I never switched the lights off before, but now I do. It's good. Amazing. Yeah. And, and if, if all else fails, you know, Tesco's beans and waffles, right? Tesco's so, beans uh, and waffles, you know, but once again, oh, but I like having a bottle, of, a bottle of finest, Tesco's finest wine, and I like having a 12-inch, never mind. Right, brilliant, move on. Pizza. <laughs> oh, Brad, you're a legend. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been Mad About Money. I'm Mad... I kind of forgot my own name now. Um, I'm Maddie Alexander-Grout. Uh, this is Mad About Money, and we will see you next time. <laughs>